You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us here at Locked On Rams your first daily listen every day. And this is our final pregame episode before the Los Angeles Rams get ready to take on the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night football. And there's so much to discuss because a lot of unfortunate news has struck the Rams. They're going to be missing a handful of starters in this game, some of which is due to this COVID protocol now, and some of which is just due to straight up injuries. And then we're also going to dive into a little bit more leftover in this episode in terms of where are the Cardinals good? Where are they bad? How can the Rams attack this team specifically on offense against that Cardinals defense? We're going to dive into that in just a second, though. There's a lot to discuss, and I mentioned the Rams will be missing a lot of starters or potential starters, we'll even call them, and it begins with center Brian Allen, who's listed as doubtful in this game, and that carries over into three more starters by way of COVID. Running back Daryl Henderson placed on the COVID reserve list. He won't be available in this game. Cornerback Dante Dion, same thing. He's not going to play in this one, and right tackle Rob Havenstein, who was on the injury report a week or two ago, also placed on the COVID reserve 19 list. So again, none of those three players will be available. That's in addition to Brian Allen. So two starting offensive linemen, the Rams will be down in this game. Very scary situation. And then cornerback Robert Rochelle, one of their main depth pieces there, a guy that has sort of bounced in and out of the starting lineup. He also was placed on IR with a chest injury this week, which I guess means he's going to be at least out for three weeks on that short-term IR list, if not even longer. So Bad news for the Rams. I mean, Brian Allen, they lost last week in the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Literally on the first snap, he got hurt. He hurt his ankle, I believe it was. And Coleman Shelton stepped in and did a great job. I mean, you got to give it up to this guy. He was fully prepared for his opportunity. Gave up zero pressures, zero sacks, zero quarterback hits in that game. And that's really all you can ask of for a backup offensive lineman. And of course, we know the Rams ran the ball very successfully last week against the Jaguars as well kind of spearheaded there by the offensive line as well as Sony Michelle who started that game and of course that means he's also going to start this game Daryl Henderson is not going to be available he's on the COVID list and we had this discussion for the past week and a half two weeks even longer for some people should the Rams transition to Sony Michelle as the team starting running back and well for another week now we will get that at least this week and I mentioned it you know this was the move in my opinion regardless of whether Henderson was going to play or not and he was actually nursing a thigh injury, which is why he didn't play last week and potentially was going to miss this week anyways with that ailment as well. So not a good situation for him. I mean, he continues to now lose ground, in my opinion. And we're going to dive into it in just a few minutes here. Why the Rams should run the football a lot in this contest. And, you know, if Sony Michel can come away with another good game or a productive game, then we're really in the weeds of, do the Rams switch their running back one? And as you guys know, if you've listened to this podcast or follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm all in on Sony Michelle as the RB1 right now. That doesn't mean that Henderson shouldn't have any kind of a role whatsoever, but this week, of course, he won't. Moving forward, maybe he will. Maybe as a change of pace guy or what the case may be. This week right now, it will be the Sony Michelle show, and the Rams don't have a lot of depth at running back. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Sony Michelle get the ball 20, 25, 27 times. Like there is a legitimate possibility this guy will be used in a massive bell cow style of role in this game. 
And it's unfortunate because the Rams continue to lose good players. You move to the defensive side of the ball, cornerback Dante Dion, cornerback Robert Rochelle. Now the Rams really don't have much of a choice. I think David Long is the next man up. And this was a guy that did start for the Rams earlier this year. He actually started the first four games. And it was his performance versus the Arizona Cardinals in the first game that ultimately got him benched. And that was in favor of a guy like Robert Rochelle, which I believe the Rams did play the Seahawks the next week after. Might be wrong on that. And Rochelle started that game and struggled in his own right. So now they're kind of looking at this situation. You're not going to have Dante Dion in this game. He was your newest third corner and a guy who's been solid. You know, he's not a tremendously, you know, elite type of talent, but very stable. And I think you're going to miss that on the back end, especially when you look at a team like the Arizona Cardinals. They can throw the football as well as anybody in this league can. I mean, Kyler Murray's got a lot of weapons. They don't really have, you know, that one guy that they're always going to throw the ball to. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is an elite talent, but his target share right now is minuscule. I mean, even before he was hurt, it was right in line with all those other guys on the team. I think he was like fourth before he got hurt. So they're not force feeding him. They have a lot of weapons on that offense. We even saw, you know, an old AJ Green score a 40-yard touchdown in that first game against the Rams. And lo and behold, it was against David Long Jr., who's now going to find his way, I think, onto this field again. Starts to beg the question, are the Rams maybe going to allow Terrell Burgess to get out there? Some people have asked that question. I think that would probably be the smart move. You keep Ramsey outside for the most part. You put Terrell Burgess in that nickel spot, but I don't expect it to happen. I think the Rams are going to go with David Long here, and that's really the only option they have right now, which is unfortunate because if another injury occurs, then you're in a very, very tough spot, but not just that. He wasn't a starting quality player earlier this season. He really struggled against the Cardinals in the first game, and that's why they pulled him. And now they don't have a choice. They have to go back to him, and that's obviously worrisome because it just takes one guy on defense to kill you. I'm not saying he's going to get absolutely torn apart in this game. He might even play great, but now you're downgrading, you know, not just your starting corner and Dante Dion, but his backup and Robert Rochelle to the third backup or, you know, the fifth or the sixth string, whatever you guys want to call it. That's essentially what they have to rely on. Very scary situation going into a game like this against a team that really wants to throw the football. Now, the last one, and this might be the biggest loss, it's Rob Havenstein, right tackle. This is a guy that has been invaluable for the Rams since they drafted him in the second round coming out of Wisconsin. Can't even remember what year it was now. It might have been 2014, something like that, like really, really long time ago. Just been a great bookend to Andrew Whitworth, who, by the way, is 40 years old this week. Insane. He's the oldest left tackle, I think, to ever play actual snaps in a game, which is going to happen this week, which is awesome. So congrats to him. But the Rams now in a tough spot. I mean, you're losing a center in Brian Allen already. So that kind of changes how you're going to slide protections and what you're going to do with your offensive line. And now you lose one of your really reliable guys and a tackle at that, which is only more concerning. Now, who comes in? It's probably going to be Joseph Nopum, Joe Nopum. He's played some time this season. He played actually a lot of snaps last week in those six plus offensive line looks that the Rams wanted to go heavy, as we call it, or jumbo packages which is good. I mean, he got his feet wet again. And this is a guy that has started for the Rams in the past. You look back to last year, I think he started about six games in place of Andrew Whitworth at left tackle when he was hurt. And he started games even before that for the Rams at left guard and things like that. So guard, not his situation, not his best spot. Tackle a lot better. And I don't know if he's actually ever played on the right side. I can't recall if he's ever done that for the Rams or if he did it back in college. But as it stands right now, he's been a solid player in spot start kind of duty. And I think the Rams are fairly comfortable with him there. 
that's not a huge concern, but it's always a concern when you're going from a really, really good player like Rob Havenstein and losing that kind of a player. I think the number one area this might kind of impact the Rams here, were they looking to go six-plus offensive linemen again in this game? And if that was the case, can they now not do that because they don't trust their sixth guy or they don't have a guy back there that they really want out there? You know, you look at Joe Nopum, he was that guy for them last week. Is that now going to be Bobby Evans, the former right guard slash left tackle slash kind of a utility lineman? This guy's played a lot of different roles. It's questionable because now the Rams might have to change their game plan knowing that they're not going to have these guys available for them. And that could be a concern. But we know the number one place to attack this team is to try and run the football. And we're going to discuss that here in just a second. You guys can always follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Lockdown Rams, and on YouTube at Lockdown Rams. And does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite show, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a much simpler way where you don't have to juggle all these random kinds of things to try and watch your favorite entertainment or sports, and a good way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling a bunch of different remotes, and you don't have to buy a bunch of random different devices and have seven to ten different things that some play sports, some play you know TV, some play movies. You don't got to do that. The best part about this deal there is no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. And thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Lock on Rams. Now we'll pick up with where we left off. And I wanted to take a look at where can the Rams find an area that they want to attack this Cardinals defense? Because this is a team that's really good, right? This is the pinnacle of the NFL right now. They're 10-2. and two. They lead the NFC West. They lead the NFC. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Like, this is the team that everybody is chasing. And, of course, the Rams, if they want to try and win this division or try to get, you know, a seeding in the one through four spots in the NFC playoffs, they need to win this game. This is the most important game left on their schedule. And if they lose this game, they may as well already get ready to fight for five through seven in terms of the seeding. And really just hope that they land at five and not any worse. But if they win this game, everything's kind of back on the table. All the options are remaining on the table, we'll say. And the number one spot for the Rams to try and attack this defense, it has to be with running the football. And that's not just because, you know, you look back to last week where the Rams were really successful. Of course, you know, they win the game by 30 points against the Jaguars and they run for a lot of yardage. They score a bunch of touchdowns. That stuff's great, right? But every team is strong in their own areas and weak in their own areas or you know some teams might not be very weak anywhere or strong anywhere but in general every week should be a different game plan i know some of what you want to do has to kind of mold around what you do well and your talent right at the end of the day the Rams should never not throw to cooper cup just because they want to run the football like cooper cup is an elite talent and one of your best players if not your best player on offense he needs the football so I'm not necessarily saying don't throw the football, but the number one area has to be to run the football. You look at some of these numbers, according to PFF, the Cardinals defense, they're 30th in rushing yards per attempt allowed right now, as in 30th, like worst, like not good. Only two defenses are worse is what I'm trying to say. They're allowing 4.7 yards per carry, which is a lot. And I like these efficiency metrics, right? We're not looking at raw yardage totals. Like they've allowed 5,000 yards this season. Well, how does that take into context the attempts, the 
production per touch. Like those are the things that matter. So this is one of the numbers that do matter here. 4.7 per carry all season. That's a pretty high metric there. You look at the explosive run percentage allowed. They rank 32nd. They are dead last at 17.7%. And I think an explosive run is considered 10 plus yards per run. So they are allowing more explosive runs than any other team really in football right now when it comes to the percentages. Again, efficiency metrics matter more than really anything else. Nearly 20% of their plays on the ground in run defense are 10 plus yard rushes. That is a lot. Of course, any defense doesn't want to get ran on for 10, 15, 18, 20, 25 yards. Your goal is to always have the least amount of yardage given up on those plays. And right now they're getting gashed at a rate worse than every single other run defense in terms of the explosive runs. And I think that's one area where the Rams have really lacked this season. They've done pretty well at running the ball, been very good at passing the ball for the most part, but they haven't really had a lot of those 10, 15, 20 plus yard gains on the ground. And I don't think Sony Michelle really gives you a great opportunity to do that. This is not a guy that has game breaking speed or breakaway speed, as they say. But if he can get some of those larger gains there, I really think this is going to put the Rams in good position to not only you know win the field position battle, but at the same time, get themselves into scoring range. Because at the end of the day, this is a team that has the ability to score 30 plus in any game. And I don't think the Cardinals are playing peak right now. Of course, you know, a lot of people gave me a little bit of a heckle on YouTube last week. They said, you know, the rain in the game and all that. And I understand. But at the same time, their expectation should be that the Cardinals are going to score 30 plus. And if that's the case, of course, you got to outscore them. So the Rams should be playing to try and score 31 plus points. Like this is not going to be one of those games, I think, where you're coming out of it, you know, at 17 to 14 or something like that. It might happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but at the same time, I wouldn't really bank on it. Like this is a team that you're going to need to outscore. So the more explosive plays you can get, the better. Of course, the last thing that I wanted to look at here in terms of their running defense, they're 29th in rushing yards after contact per attempt allowed at 3.0. And that is one I certainly have circled here because we talked about it last week. I think it was after that Jaguars game, Sony Michelle, the one thing he really does well and that he has in his arsenal is he's really good at churning his legs and continuously gaining yardage after contact. Like he gets contacted fairly quickly and then does a good job of getting those extra two, three, four, even five yards sometimes. And that's the difference between, you know, a second and 10 play or a second and five play. Second and five is going to be way easier to convert. You can actually run the football on second and five. You open up your entire playbook. That's what they say. You always hear announcers say that the entire playbook is open here. And what that means is on second and 10, you've already sliced half of your playbook out. Like you can't run certain plays because they're just not going to gain enough yardage. And a lot of people always say, if it's second and 10, you should never run the football, mostly analytics guys. But if it's second and five, you have everything on the table. You have, your expectation is always going to be to gain at least five yards on offense other than a quarterback sneak or something like that. So really everything is available to you. And that I think allows Sean McVay to just feel way more comfortable in his play calling and you always see it trickle down to the quarterback, to the offensive line, the weapons. Everyone plays better when the Rams can stay ahead of schedule and in good down and distances. And that's going to be one of the keys here. Now, the reason I like that statistic there, the Cardinals are not great at bringing these guys down on first contact. They allow a lot of yardage after contact. And that is a really, really key area for Michelle to try and win in this game. You're going to get contact. But if you can continue to churn out that yardage like you did last week against the Jaguars, think the Rams really have a good shot at trying to pull that one off. In just a second here, we're going to dive into 
how big of an advantage or disadvantage the Rams have in terms of their passing offense against the Cardinals secondary slash pass coverage unit. They're pretty good. I'll tell you that. And just a reminder, make sure to check back in here at Locked on Rams tomorrow when we dive into our post game recap, potentially a victory Tuesday. I don't know if it's going to happen for sure, but it is going to be a very, very fun game to watch and to try and cover and this holiday season, go grab the protein bar that everyone is saying tastes like a candy bar. And it's actually even better than a candy bar. Let's call it what it is. It tastes like them, but you don't get that same guilt from eating something unhealthy and terrible for your body. The built bar, low in calories, low in sugar, low in fat, low in net carbs, and high in protein. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds here, healthy and actually really delicious as well. You really can't go wrong with that combination. They have so many different flavors something for everyone. I mean, if you like raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, coconut. I know it's a controversial flavor, but I'm telling you, coconut is the undefeated flavor. Coconut and chocolate, all-time goat combo right there. Built Bar, give you that extra need and that fuel when you need it. If you're going holiday shopping late into the season here, I know a lot of people like to do it on the 24th. Go take a Built Bar with you. Throw it in your car. Throw it in your purse, your jacket, whatever the case is. It's going to keep you going throughout that rest of the shopping trip. And they have also got some different kind of stuff like marshmallowy treats. If you like that kind of stuff, they have a product called Built Bar Puffs, very different from their protein bars. Also very delicious, different flavor profiles, different texture, all that good stuff. If you guys want to check it out, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And for those that have frequented this podcast, you know I like to bet Sometimes on the Rams. I love those same game parlays. And if you guys want to get in on some of that action, go check out betonline.ag. They have you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your sports action this season. You can go ahead to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive this bonus. From football to basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and make sure to take advantage of all the great offers available right now for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And if you guys need some assistance when it comes to betting, lines that you should take, lines that you should avoid, there's a lot of information out there. Go check out Locked On Bets. You guys make us your first daily listen, make them your second daily listen. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Those guys will get you right. Now we can pick up with where we left off here. And that is the final segment. Taking a look at how this Cardinals secondary pass coverage unit, whatever you want to call it, ranks. And they rank well. So what I want to say about it here is we talked about in the last segment, their run defense, not great. And the Rams sort of transitioning into this power run game kind of situation going back to last week, which they may or may not use this week. And when you look at some of these numbers here from their past coverage, you start to really think that, yeah, you know what? They might have to go to what they did last week against the Jaguars because at the end of the day, they're top five in nearly every metric from you know passing yards per attempt, explosive pass percentages allowed, passing yardage in total, doesn't really matter. EPA per play, they are in the top five in nearly every single category. It's concerning, right? This is a concern for the Rams because your passing game has sort of been up and down, kind of got a little bit back on track last week against the Jags, but 
they are a much easier task than the Arizona Cardinals are. The number one reason I think the Cardinals have been so good this season, at least on the defensive side of the ball, their secondary has played very good football, and it probably wasn't expected. I mean, I think if you looked at the depth chart for this team, you know, in August, I don't think anyone was looking at that Cardinals secondary and circling it and thinking, you know, this could be a top five secondary or this could be a top five defense. And that's exactly what they've been. It is a concern for the Rams. Matthew Stafford, how is he going to play in this game? Can he stay mistake free? I think that is the number one key here. Try to be mistake free because when you start to throw those picks, when they start to turn into pick sixes, sack fumbles come, that's when the Rams really start to implode. Like even if you can just keep it a neck and neck game where if your offense is not doing well, at least don't put up or spot the other team points. You can stay in it. Like you could be down 10-3 or 13 to 7 or whatever the case is and still have a shot. You don't need to blow your own foot off and just completely put the game out of touch. I think the Rams will have a shot as long as they can stay mistake free. And it seems like that's been something that's hard to do for them in the past month, though. Again, last week they did a much better job against the Jaguars. You look at some of their other numbers offensively, same thing. I mean, when you've transitioned on that side of the ball, the Cardinals. Great passing offense. They're a top five passing attack across the board. Same thing. And it's just a mid-tier rushing attack. It's kind of weird how this team is built very similarly on offense and defense. But in 2021, it makes sense. Everyone wants to throw the football, and everyone needs to try and stop people from throwing the football. And if you could do both of those things well, especially at a top five level, then you really start to understand, yeah, this team is 10-2, and two, and now we know why. It really paints the picture much clearer. The number one thing I think here. For the Rams on defense against this Cardinals offense, you have to stop the run on early downs. You have to try and keep them behind the chains. Like that is going to be your only hope to really try and find a way to get off this field. If you're allowing these guys to get into third and four or third and two and third and three, they're going to convert more often than not. So your number one area there, win on early downs, those running downs, especially where you can get them in a second and 10, second and long, third and seven, third and 11, third and 15, whatever the case is. You think back to that first game, third and 16, Kyler Murray escapes out the left side of the pocket, runs it for a first down. That was a backbreaker, but if you go into third and 16, I would wager to guess you're probably converting that maybe three to 5% of the time. Like it can't be a high conversion rate. So yeah, it might happen once, but if you can get teams in a third and long, you have a good shot at getting off the field. And that is the number one thing that the Rams have to focus on, on defense. Win those early downs, get this team in the longer down and distances behind the chains, as they say, and you'll have a good shot to get off this field. Next one, you need to win with four-man pass rushes. You cannot afford to blitz five, six guys, seven guys, whatever the case is. You look at some of these teams, the Miami Dolphins, they love to run cover zero. The Rams do not. They do not want to get beat deep. They're going to have a lot of two high safety looks, you know, a lot of cover three where you're going to have one safety and your corners both have, you know, vertical responsibilities there. But they do run a lot of cover two, cover four types of looks. And this game, I think they're going to really frequent that. I think it's going to be something that they really prioritize in this one. And if that's the case, you only have so many guys you can dedicate to the pass rush. You need to win with four. And this is what we always mention. You're paying Leonard Floyd $16 million per year. You traded a second and a third round pick for Von Miller. You're paying Aaron Donald. You have all these guys. Justin Holland's probably going to be back for this game. You need to find a way to win. This guy needs to be knocked off his spot, Kyler Murray. The more you can hit him, the more you can pressure this guy, the more you can sack him, the better chance you're going to have to get off that field and to not get smoked in coverage. At the end of the day, you're probably going to give up some points. Like, this is a good offense. They're not going to be easy to stop, but you just need to outscore them. That's the only 
goal at the end of the day, right? You can score 23 points and still win this game, or you can allow 21 points and still win this game. They will get hit and they need to be able to hit back. That's the number one thing. If you can win with four men up front, then you can start to allow, you know, certain different kinds of coverages or guys dropping in certain areas in coverage where maybe you can't if you're blitzing five or six guys. And not just that, you look at the defensive line stepping up, it's going to allow for more contain or more QB spies, things like that, where we know Kyler Murray has the speed, has the intelligence and the acceleration and all these other things to be able to make grown men look silly in the open field. So the more you can dedicate to trying to stop this guy from breaking your back, the more of an opportunity you're going to have to win this football game. At the end of the day, I don't think the Rams have to do anything special here, right? On offense, play mistake-free, run the football early and often, try to stay ahead of the chains, establish the run, really, really stick with it. Do not implode and make sure you find and pick your spots as a passing offense. Utilize that play action, get Cooper Cup much more involved in this game than he was in the first one. And I think they could have some success and that will tie in well with what they should do on defense because if you can run the football on offense and you're scoring points, you're probably doing pretty good in terms of time of possession and drives. Like the Rams need to get some 10, 12, 13, 15 play drives in this game because the best way to keep Kyler Murray from scoring points is to keep him off the field. You're not going to light this guy up and put up, you know, seven sacks and allow him to score two points or three points or whatever the case is. He's going to score. So the number one way to make sure he doesn't do that is to make sure that he doesn't even have the football, which is why the Rams need to establish the run even more than just really liking that matchup. On the defensive side of the ball, get home with four. Make sure your defensive line really impacts this game consistently from the start all the way to the end, and make sure you offer help and coverage for your guys like David Long Jr. I think the Rams have done a really good job in the past two, three weeks even offering help to their lesser talented players, we'll call them. And they put a lot on the plate of guys like Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey. And those guys have done a very good job at paying it off. I think Raheem Morris, continue to do that. Offer help to your Taylor Raps and to your David Longs and Troy Readers. Make sure those guys don't get killed every single snap. We've seen them lose a lot of reps in the past, but they've done well at utilizing this kind of a scheme in the past few weeks, offering help to your lesser talented players and letting your world beaters, superstar type players, Put more on their backs. They just need to carry more weight than everyone else does. That's why they're superstar players. So we're going to see what happens in this game. It's going to be a fantastic contest. As we always mention, this one's the circled game here. I mean, this is the most important game left for the Rams. It's a playoff game in December, not even halfway through December. It's crazy to say, but the NFC West is on the line here. The shot for the Rams to potentially get, you know, a one through four seed in the playoffs could very well also be on the shot here. We're going to see what happens. The Rams undermanned right now. Going to be tough to overcome it on the road in Arizona against the best team in the NFL right now. But this team is capable of doing a lot. They have a very talented roster. And at the end of the day, this is exactly what we all live for. These games are the most important. They need to go get a dub. If they can't, then we move forward with whatever's left on the schedule. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Rams podcast. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow for our potential Victory Tuesday episode or maybe a Lost Tuesday episode. It is going to be a game recap. We're going to break down everything from this contest in total detail. Make sure to follow us on Twitter as well at QBsMEP and at LockedOnRams and on YouTube at LockedOnRams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.